question answers begins right now. Most Christians never share their faith with unbelievers. Many are intimidated by the challenge, and many are discouraged by the hostile response they receive. In his new book, Street Smarts, Greg Kokel shares an effective tactic and teaches skills that will make sharing your faith less intimidating and more effective. You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with our host, Pat Zucran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. In our broadcast today, Pat will conclude his interview with President of Stand to Reason, Greg Kokel, where they have been discussing Greg's book entitled Street Smarts. Now let's get right to the conclusion. Because the problem of evil is based on the idea that there are objective moral principles or moral rules, if you will, speed limits in the universe that people break that we call evil. Okay. Now, where did those speed limits come from, so to speak? You know, where did those rules come from that are broken, therefore causing the, the evil that we're complaining about? As a Christian, I can tell you it came from God. The problem of evil fits in our worldview. It makes sense in our worldview. It's part of our story. And by the way, our story is not over yet. Our whole story is about the problem of evil. It makes perfect sense. Now, for you atheists, tell me, where do you get the rules that you think are violated, bringing evil in the world that makes you think there is no God? There is no answer for that. Oh, I know there's a couple of theoretical things. They don't work at all. Moral laws take a moral lawmaker, period, or else there's no obligation to keep those laws. Anyway, I go into a lot of detail on that. There, the One rejoinder is evolution can explain that. Well, evolution doesn't do it at all. All mm -hmm. evolution can do is give you relativistic morality, and that's not going to do for the problem of evil. But that's all in the book. I'm just kind of, you know, gaming these points a little bit here, showing you how this works out in a conversation with people. And again, notice each time when I ask my last question, and it's not meant to be a mic drop moment. I mean, that's not my project when I try to draw blood, make people look ridiculous, but it amounts to that in a certain sense. It's like, oh, I don't know how to answer that. That's the atheist. Right. I never thought about that before. That's the atheist. Good. Okay. You don't have to answer it to me. You just think about it. You should be able to answer it for yourself. And if you can't answer it for yourself, then maybe you should be thinking about how good atheism is at explaining the way the world actually is. Because in the world, there is evil. Everybody knows that. Good luck. <laughs> you know, and once you get them to start asking questions or re-examining their beliefs, then you're taking them one step closer towards Christ or closer to the truth. Exactly. Ultimately is found in Christ. And so that, that's a great uh, strategy here. So let's go through your game plan. It was first you engage them by asking uh, what do you mean by that? That's yeah, you're gathering information, oh. right? Yeah. Then the step two is how did you come to that conclusion? Really, how do they know it's true? What's the evidence? Uh, what's the basis for their beliefs? Correct. Three is finding flaws and weaknesses in their argument. And it's step three I want to talk about here. Sure. How do you get good at step three? To me, it seems like you need to know some apologetics. You kind of need to know a little bit of where they're arguing and where you want to go. Yes, you're right. That's true. You do need to know some of those things. Uh, it, in many cases, if you are just reflective about what's been said, you're going to see some problems. For example, somebody says, well, there is no truth. 
All right. And they're using that as a club to beat up on your claim that Christianity is true. Well, it can't be true if there is none of that truth stuff. So you're, the, the rug is pulled out from underneath the Christian. But a person who's not even, you know, hasn't had any training may realize, wait a minute, he says there is no truth, but he thinks that statement is true, which makes it self-defeating. Yeah. And so you might say, well, wait a minute, is that statement true, that there is no truth? Okay, that's a question, of course, but I'm just saying a reasonably observant Christian without any training can maybe see those kinds of flaws. That's called the suicide tactic, by the way. It's in the tactics book, okay? But for the most part, I think you're right, Pat. This is a little harder, and I mentioned the speed bump, because you have to know the point you're trying to make. You have to know what's wrong with the view or the challenge to Christianity in order to demonstrate the law or to parry the charge or the challenge. And that's what Street Smarts is meant to do. And by the way, it's not just what Street Smarts is meant to do. I do that on all those topics. And I go into depth on, on atheism, two chapters, one chapter on the problem of evil, a chapter on whether you can be good without God. That's another chapter because it's related to this broader question. I have two chapters on abortion. I have two chapters on the Bible, one Bible and science, and the other one dealing with Bible challenges specifically the challenge of slavery in the Bible and the challenge of genocide. We talked a little bit about how you might navigate that. And also the gender, sex, and marriage. All of those I deal with. This book provides that background, okay? But I'm not the only player out there. What you've been doing for years and years there on the islands, Pat, and in the Philippines is providing that kind of information. doesn't matter where you get the information from. There's, look at all the books in your bookshelf. Look at all the books on mine. You know, There's lots of people writing, and we have a very deep bench. Our people have just done a great job in answering every challenge that you can possibly imagine and doing it well. Okay, What the Street Smarts book does, it gives you an added step. It, it gives you a bridge from the content to the conversation Okay, and a shrewd way of navigating in that conversation, all right, but a way that anybody can do with a tremendous amount of safety. There's a chapter in the front end of the book titled, Questions Keep You Safe. If you're asking questions, you're not making statements. If you're making statements, you're vulnerable. If you're asking questions, you're not vulnerable because you're not making any claims. That doesn't mean you're not making an impact though. And so by asking the questions and listening to the responses, especially moving to step three, where you know the problem because you got the background that you were just talking about, Pat, and then you're using the specific questions like I have in the book to launch into uh, a refutation, so to speak, or at least an attempt to help them to see the problems. Well, it's much easier. You're in the deeper end of the pool, so to speak, but it's a lot easier. I mean, just think the street, physically speaking, you're in some South Central LA or something, and or I guess places in Honolulu now, you know, it's just scary and dangerous. You don't go out there physically unless you know, Kung Fu or your MMA or your, you got a gun, you know, something like that. Well, that changes things. In a certain sense, the same thing is here is if you are prepared with a, a game plan and background information, and you're just starting out very simply asking questions to gather information, which doesn't put you at risk at all, you can test the waters, see where you're going, and then you make a difference, even in a circumstance which would have been to you very threatening in the past. So I think, yeah, in a post-Christian culture, you don't have to be a, a scholar in apologetics uh, like you or I, but if you've got some background 
in apologetics. I think it'd be tremendously helpful, especially now since we're engaging people that may have no Bible knowledge or have those strongholds against right. the truth of Christianity. You need to actually go one step back, you know, like the apostles did in the book of Acts. Yeah, They started going into uh, Greece and areas where they had no knowledge of the God of the Bible or of the yeah. Old Testament. Yeah, and look at this thing of Paul in the Areopagus there, you know, and so he's taking what's available to them. To him, he this is a place where a lot of smarty pants were talking about all, all kinds of things, and he makes an observation about a god there, a, an idol to an unknown god. And he said, That which you believe in ignorance, I de declare to you openly. You guys are religious people, but there's one thing you don't know you don't know about that god. I'm going to tell you about that god, and he's the he's the real deal, he's the big god. Okay, yeah. he's not li like anything made with human hands. Then he goes on, and then he essentially he doesn't give an altar call, but he draws it together with Jesus. It's interesting how people respond. He says that there's a day coming, and there'll be a reckoning, and men will be judged by a man that God gave proof of having raised him from the dead. And when they hear this, then they think, oh, that's stupid. These guys are like naturalists, right? Oh, resurrection, that's stupid. And so there's a controversy, but some scoffed and some listened and some followed Paul. And so uh, that's the kind of thing we encounter. We just do the gardening and yeah. we do the best at it we can. You know, we get get uh, up to speed on some of these issues. We learn the game plan, the questions and how to put those in play. We're 100% responsible for that. And then we can let God take it from there because that's his responsibility, 100%. So it looks to me like when you're looking for the flaws and weaknesses, basically, if you know how to think well or just some basic logic, uh, what are some things you're looking for? It looks like you're looking for contradictions, self-refuting statements. Uh, right, that's one kind. Yeah. Sometimes people just get their facts wrong. I mean, yeah. uh, this is, I call this just the facts, ma'am, as a uh, tactic. I mean, like that old TV show called Dragnet, you know, Frank Friday would say just the facts, ma'am, you know. Well, I just heard it uh, recently that um, the claim that religion has caused more bloodshed um, and, you know, you know, murders and death than anything else. Well, this is just flat out false. And I actually document that in the tactics book in the footnotes. Uh, it turns out, and if you want a, a quick study on this, there are three men who are responsible in the 20th century for the deaths of 100 million people. And I'm not talking about the deaths through the First World War, which is around 40, or the Second World War, which is around 60. That's 100, too. I'm talking 100 more just mm -hmm. because of three men, Lenin, Stalin, and Mao. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that wasn't religion. That was atheism. Atheistic, materialistic communism. That was responsible for that kind of bloodshed. And I think there's a kinship between that bloodshed and the ideas they held. Okay. It's just false that religion has been responsible for most bloodshed in the world. So sometimes there's a factual problem. Sometimes there's it's there's something is contradictory, it's self-refuting. And so it commits suicide, so to speak. And your job is to just see it and then exploit it. Uh, sometimes there's what's called informal fallacies. A lot of challenges against Christianity are based on a misunderstanding of Christianity, okay? You Christians believe this, blah, blah. Oh, I heard this from the guy who used to be the uh, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. 
Uh, he's out now, whatever his name is. He went with somebody else. But yeah, Aaron Rodgers, there you go. Hmm. So he had been raised in a religious environment. And he says, I can't believe that God would send all these people to hell just for not believing in him. That's stupid. Hmm. And I'd say that is stupid that anybody would go to hell just because they didn't believe in God. That's not why people go to hell. That's a misrepresentation of Christianity. If you look at Genesis chapter 20, you see the great judgment, and they are judged according to their deeds, mm -hmm. not their beliefs. So strictly speaking, no one even goes to hell because they don't believe in Jesus. They could have been saved from hell by believing in Jesus, but that's not why they go to hell not believing. They Just like you don't die because you didn't go to the doctor. You die because the disease killed you, right? Mm -hmm. So what's the disease? And that's sin. And God is making a list and he's checking it twice. And so so there's an example of a misrepresentation and people have an objection based on a misunderstanding. But a lot of Christians misunderstand that too. Sometimes there's an objection that is another informal fallacy called the genetic fallacy. Maybe people don't remember the name of it, but it's if I explain it, you'll see it coming. So somebody says, you're a Christian because you were born in America. If you were born in, uh, say, Saudi Arabia, you'd be a Muslim. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, they got a point there, and that's what makes it compelling. But notice, this is not a point about the truth of Christianity, truth or falsehood of Christianity or Islam. It's just an observation about human nature and geography and anthropology. Mm -hmm. to tell you anything about whether the belief that you have because you were in America is a result, uh, is, is true or not. Okay, so, uh, you know, look, at if I was born in, in a tribe in the Amazon, I'd believe disease was caused by demons. And if I was born in New York, I believe disease was caused by germs. But that didn't tell us what causes disease. It doesn't tell us who's right or wrong. And uh, that's called, it's, it's a fallacy because it faults a view based on its origin, its genesis, so to speak. And uh, for me, a great retort to the atheist, well, I, I just simply say, so what? So what? How does that show that God doesn't exist mm -hmm. or that Christianity is false? That doesn't at all. So that's the great so what response. There's another footnote to this one, because I could say to the atheist, well, that may be true, what you just observed. If I was born in America, I, I would be a Christian, possibly, or certainly if I was in Saudi Arabia, I'd be a Muslim. But if you were born in Saudi Arabia, you wouldn't be an atheist. Mm-hmm. What's sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. Now, I don't think it's sauce for the goose. I think it's nonsense. Yeah. It doesn't apply to either case, but I'm just trying to help him see the fallacy that he thinks defeats my view also defeats his view, too. Yeah, and, and you know what I really like about this approach is it makes uh, the unbeliever's argument less intimidating. Yes. Uh, I remember I was talking to a physicist, and I just asked, well— explain to me the origin of the universe and how did it all come to be? And he was throwing all, all these scientific terms and, you know, string physics and all this kind of thing. And I just, well, I said, I don't have that background. Just boil it down to me and it's basic. And he was still using all these scientific terms and everything. And I said, basically what you're saying is, you know, the universe exploded into being out of nothing. Basically that, is that what you're saying? And he said, yes. <laughs> and, you know, immediately then I could see the, the logic of his uh -huh. whole position. So, sure. I, so I said, you're, he could too. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and you began to see, you know, I said, well, basically, so you're saying nothing created this grand universe. I said, is that what I, you know, and then you could see him 
kind of backtracking, but it yeah. made it a lot less intimidating. When I first heard it, and I heard all these highfalutin scientific terms and everything, I was kind of like, oh, oh, whoa, you know, and then mm -hmm. I thought, well, explain it. I mean, get it down to his basics for me. And it became a lot less intimidating. And I think that's uh, the beauty of the technique here in street smarts is it, it makes uh, the atheist argument or whatever argument out, the pantheist argument, a, a lot less intimidating when you get yes. them not explaining it to you. That's right. Yeah, you got blinded by science there a little bit, but the fact <laughs> is quantum <laughs> strings and everything else, quantum vacuums, these are all things in the universe. And the question is, ultimately, where did all of that come from? Not what were the first things that allegedly were responsible for the next things, but where did the first things come from? Mm -hmm. They are not eternal. We know that, you know, for a lot of reasons. But nevertheless, you're right to press him on that. Let's just so what you're saying is, and in fact, you are accurate when you said that. A lot of times people use that as to distort your view. You're what you're saying is, you know, and then they give some distortion or some straw man that we were talking about before. But uh no, if you're if you get them to simplify the point. What you're really getting down to, and then they verify that's what it means. Then they can see that doesn't sound so good without all the highfalutin scientific terminology. Yeah. Well, Greg, you know, we could, man, looks like we've gone over an hour here. You know, to end it here, you know, some people are saying, well, Greg, you've got this knowledge and background and, and you're good at this. But they're sitting there saying, well, how do I get good at this? I'm not very good at asking the right questions and how to analyze things. How, how do I improve? How do I get good at this? Listen, everybody starts at the beginning. I started at the beginning. You started at the beginning. Josh McDowell started at the beginning. Bill Craig started at the beginning. Jay Warner Wallace. Started. Everybody starts at the beginning. And if you don't start, you'll never get out of the beginning. But if you start, then you get a little bit more, a little bit more, then you'll be a little bit more effective. And as time goes on, you get more and more and more. And then if you get a lot, like you and I have, then you can be a coach and help others. And that's what I'm doing. I don't expect people to be to be able to do all that I do. I've been doing this for 50 years, you know. Mm. Um, but you could, I mean, there are people that started and, uh, you know, worked, stand of reason, worked with them, and I worked with them and stuff like that. And now they're doing it. They're making a huge impact. And I could give you, give you names of people you'd, you'd uh, well, Jay Warner Wallace, for example, is one of them. But I'm not responsible for his effectiveness. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying that there's a process of contribution that different people make and you grow in your ability. And the more you use it, the more you grow. It's as simple as that. All what I've told, have expressed here in this game plan and street smarts. And look, if you don't do it, it don't work. But if you start doing it, even if you're a beginner, if you start asking the maybe just one question, what do you mean by that? All you're going to do is be a student of somebody else's view. What do you mean by that? How'd you come to that conclusion? What are your reasons for what you think? I'm just curious. I'm not going to try to push back. I'm not going to try to convince you of my own view. Just convinced about, I just want to know about yours. Try that. That will allow you to paddle around in the shallow end of the pool for a while and get used to the process. And pretty quickly, as you do that, you're going to find out, one, the other side is not as scary as you thought. Mm -hmm. Two, they're not as smart as you thought either. I'm not saying they're stupid but they're probably not as smart as you thought. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have a way of building other people up. We become grasshoppers in our own eyes, you know, like the spies there in the book of numbers and uh, just start and begin employing this. And I, I'm just going to promise you, if you start doing it, you're going to see a dramatic change in your effectiveness. 
And this is what people have told me time and time and time again. So I feel pretty confident making that promise. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point. I think it's in your tactics book is to reflect on the conversation right? Uh, when you're done, you know, and then you realize, well, you know, I could have said this or, hey, I noticed that I'm going to ask him next time or mm-hmm. next time I'm in this situation, uh, I'm going to do this, you know, and you really improve not only as you try it out, but then you sit back and reflect. Mm-hmm. And, well, I could have done this better. Or I could have sure. this. I, I saw on a, a TV show, somebody, it was a news show, a conversation. It was during the same-sex marriage debate. And the the more leftist person was saying to the conservative, well, you don't believe in marriage equality. Oh, notice how he uses the language to make him look good and the other guy look bad. Just It's just rhetoric. But I did think to myself, if somebody said that to me, I don't know what I'd say. Mm-hmm. So I better start thinking about it now before I'm under fire. And I thought for a few moments, and then I put together a little dialogue in my mind. And here's what I would say. If he said, we don't believe in marriage equality, I said, I would have said, do you believe that children should be married? No, of course not. Then you don't believe in marriage equality either. Mm -hmm. We both draw the lines. That's not the issue. The issue is where we draw the lines. Okay, there it is. What was that? 45 seconds, not even that long. I did a little work on my own to figure out a way to diffuse the argument and show the person that his rhetoric, you know, is that's not that's not helpful. We we both don't believe in marriage equality, quote unquote. But where do you draw the line? And that's what we should be talking about, not being dismissive. So there's an example of what you're talking about, Pat. I re- I reflected on that before I got caught. Yeah. <laughs> and now I have it kind of in my hip pocket. Yeah, that's great. Well, you've been listening to our conversation with Greg Kokel, and he's got his great book out here, Street Smarts. Uh, using questions to answer Christianity's toughest challenges. We've only touched the tip of the iceberg. In fact, I think the material we talked about here might cover maybe chapters one through three. Mm. Uh, so you're going to want to uh, get this a great book. There's 18 chapters in here. So we only covered maybe the first three, but it's an outstanding book. It's going to make you more effective in really planting seeds of the gospel uh, in our culture today. So Greg, if people want more information on you and your material, uh, where can they go to get more information? Well, the book releases September 12th, uh, maybe ancient history now, depending on when this airs, but September 12th, it releases. You can order it pre-release by going to Street Smarts the Book, Street Smarts the Book, no spaces, dot com. And there's details there. And the nice thing about that spot is you can uh, you can get some extra things by ordering the book that way through any outlet, ultimately, but you're going through that landing page first. Amazon, of course, carries it and uh, it's doing really well right now. It's I checked today, I think it was number three in evangelism and it's not even in its sales and it's not even out yet, you mm-hmm. know, so that's a good sign. It's even moving ahead of t- tactics right now a little bit. Glad to see that. So you can go to our website, str, or stand to reason, str.org. We sell it in our bookstore, or we'll, we will be selling it in our bookstore after September uh, 12th. And all kinds of stuff is there on our website. If people want to get educated, get answers to all kinds of challenges, we have hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of articles, video clips, uh, blogs. We've got SDRU, Standard Reason University, short courses you could take to get up to speed on these things. So sign up for our blog, our podcast. We do about three hours of podcast per week. So uh, all of those are things that will help them, str.org or streetsmartsthebook.com. Yeah, you can listen to his podcasts, and that's good because you can use, you can see him, hear him using 
<laughs> the uh, <laughs> techniques here because he always has what two or three well at least one i know for sure atheists uh who seem to call every day yeah they they come on on occasion and uh we we, we mix it up pretty good that's uh that's fun but i do try to role model for our listeners how these tactics play themselves out and of course in the books both the tactics book and the street smarts book i've got lots of illustrations of conversations i've actually had with people that exemplify the tactical game plan that helped me to be street smart so i can be effective in my conversations with others yeah so you've been listening to our interview with greg kokel president of stand to reason you can find more information about him on his website at sdr.org and you can go get a copy of his great new book coming out here, Street Smart. So, Greg, uh, thanks for being with us. It's always a lot of fun to talk with you, buddy. Once again, we've run out of time. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers. Our goal is to bring you the love of Christ and to equip you in your faith to always be ready to give a response. If you would like to hold an apologetics conference or series of teachings at your facility, contact Pat by calling him in Hawaii. That number is 483-0586. Or you may email him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to browse through our listing of topics on our site. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism. You will also find articles and additional audio for you to listen to or download. An additional location to find Pat's messages is on YouTube. Look up Evidence and Answers and hit the subscribe button. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. Donating is simple. Just log on at evidenceandanswers.org. Evidence and Answers is grateful for one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a place to grow in your faith, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log in at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zuccarello.